You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another Takeover series for the Flip My Funnel podcast. I'm here with a very good friend of mine. Over the last year, I think we have connected on so many different levels, a part of the peak community, part of the Flip My Funnel, and I've also been using their services for a lot of the things that I produce in terms of video. So Amber, Amber Pond, she's the founder of Repurpose Den. She's an international best-selling author, and she also, this would get you, she's also an average runner. I think you're better than me, Amber. But Amber, thank you for, for joining me uh, and doing this series. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. So Amber, tell me and tell the audience, what is the name of your series and what is this series all about? All right. Well, this particular series is called Impactful Living. And the reason being, this is a series where we feature purpose-led leaders who are making a meaningful impact through their work and touching and changing lives of many. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, what's interesting about it is that we have a lot of episodes on marketing, and I think this is going to give people a necessary break because ultimately, whatever you do, you got to have impact. So share a few people that you are going to interview and the topics that you're going to interview on uh, in the series. Yeah, sure. So just one of them uh, is, is Claude Silver, who talks about building a culture of empathy. Um, then uh, I have um, Mary Henderson. Um, she uh, based, is based in Australia, and she talks about how to commercialize your expertise into a profitable business, which a lot of us, you know, struggle with, especially those who are pivoting from, say, a corporate career and now looking into um, starting their own business. And then I am, I'm going to have uh, Daniel Priestley, who is the author of multiple books, um, one of them being Key Person of Influence, The Entrepreneurship Revolution. And, and with him, we're going to talk about some awesome stuff. He's just published yesterday a new book called um, How to Raise Entrepreneurial Kids. And, and we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, oh, wow. Like, I, yeah. I mean, almost every one of this sounds like a story worth going through. Uh, one of the things, and this is where we're going to end because this is going to be an introduction. So folks, as you're listening to this, you may be listening to the first interview that Amber did, maybe the last one. There's a whole series of about 10 or so that we're going to have in for you, and we'll play every Tuesday and Thursday in the series. So, if, if, And it will tell you if this is the one, the first episode, or is this the eighth episode, so you can go figure out if you need to go back and watch some of or listen to some of these video interviews. But what's interesting, Amber, about all of this is there's a question that uh, Angie Stanley, someone that I follow, says in his book, Better Decision, Fewer Regrets. And he asked this very question that, what story are you going to tell? And that is a very interesting question when you start going back in life, because each one of us has a story that we want Absolutely. to tell. And there is a story that people are writing right now that they don't know. And, and I think people need to recognize that. So I love the fact that you're creating this impactful living series that's going to help people to recognize and come out of their shell maybe mm. a little bit and recognize that they have a story to tell. They're going to tell that story to their kids, their grandkids, or, or their neighbor or somebody. And hopefully the interviews that you're going to do is going to have them thinking about this and actually start writing their own story the way they want to. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the idea with all each one of those interviews is that I want people to go with at least one takeaway that they can implement right in their life just by listening to, you know, the guest stories or the challenges that they share during those interviews. Um, and if we can just make a difference in one person's life, I know it would be all worth it. I love it. And again, this is what I love about this, this takeover series. You get such a different perspective. And Amber, you also bring in a global perspective because you have people from all over the world who are interviewing in the series. So Amber, again, thank you so much for doing it. All the information to connect to Amber, her company, her book, uh, and all the things that she does is going to be in the show notes. So check that out. And Amber, let's take it away. 
How to use your brand to be seen, heard, and understood. That's the topic of the hour. Hello, good day, greetings, ciao, namaste, and salams to peeps from all around the world. Welcome to the live. Now, this particular series is called the Impact 2.0 Show, where we feature purpose-led leaders who are making a meaningful impact through their work and touching and changing lives of many. Stick around till the end, and I promise you that you'll walk away with at least one, if not more, practical yet scrumptious takeaways from each of these live sessions, like an ice cream sundae topped with heavy whipped cream, melted dark chocolate, and a dash of gold dust. But most importantly, if you turn up live, you will get a chance to ask each guest questions that are bugging you like an itch that can't be scratched. Now, my today's guest is a communications expert, speaker, and trainer with clients such as Verizon and FEMA under her belt. So will you please put your virtual hands together to welcome my fantabulous guest, Monique Russell. Hello, Amber. Yes. (laughs) I love the intro. Oh, my God. Fabulous. I need to take you with me everywhere. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so glad to be here. Now, before we get into the rum and coke of this conversation, we are going to start off the show with a quick fire round. Are you ready, Monique? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. All right. If you could guest star in any TV show, what would it be and who would you play? This is so hard, Amber, because I don't watch a lot of TV. Oh, no. (laughs) You're not a Netflix binger? Oh, my God. I I do binge on Netflix sometimes, but, you know, I don't don't hold it in my mind. I would say say if I could be um, in a show... It would probably be like a music video, um, yeah. doing some Afrobeat dancing. Yeah. So that's what I would choose. That, that that's a very unique answer so far. I've got from many guests that I've had. Although that's awesome. All right, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I wanted to be a broadcast journalist covering stories all over the world wow. uh, and investigating reports and covering things that people would not normally want to cover. So I guess you always knew your strengths. You were, you wanted to speak. You, you, you wanted to be able to, uh, you knew that you could communicate and you wanted to get out there and speak. Yes, I, I was supposed to be going on all these different shows, covering the hidden stories, getting into people's, um, you know, thought processes, shifting perspectives. That's what I was supposed to be doing, Amber. Wow. I'm not, I'm not on anybody's TV um, show, but I am definitely um, capturing stories and investigating with oh, my yeah. clients in yeah. coaching and things like that. So Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk uh, talk a lot more about that a bit later on in the show. If you were an Olympic athlete, what would be your sport? Hmm. I would be a dancer. I'd be competing in in, in dance competitions. Maybe like right. dancing, like with ice stars. skating. Not ice skating, but you know they have like the dance competitions. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, that's what I would I would do. Oh, awesome, awesome. So you are a bit of a dancer then. <laughs> Inside my heart, yes, I dance. <laughs> All right. If you could read one book over and over for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would be The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Oh, yes, of course. The the chicken soup guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I I've love not, that book. I've not read this one, actually. It's really good. Mm, and next one for, <laughs> on my list. Okay, what's the best advice you've ever been given? There is never a perfect time to start. No, yeah, that is a given. Never a perfect time to start. Yeah, so stop looking for those perfect moments. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to arrive. Uh, it's there. Take it. All right, funny, we did it. And I believe this deserves a little bit of a wiggle and a dance. We did it, we did it, we did it. All right. 
<laughs> I'm not sure if you're familiar with this song. Yes, yes. Dora the Explorer. <laughs> because I had uh, David Pryor on last week and I played this song. He's like, okay, you know, what is this? I've not heard of this. And I was like, okay. Have you heard of Baby Shark? Do, 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 do. And he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have kids. I have two boys. And so when they were growing up, Dora and get in your backpack, backpack, backpack. You know, yeah. so that was definitely a part of our um, consumption, TV yeah, consumption. Yeah. I know, I know. That's why we, you know, we've all, as parents, we've all heard of these songs because we've, we've heard them play on repeat. Mm-hmm. Over, over and over, over and over. I know. Alrighty, now let's get into the rum and coke of this conversation. Now, Monique, imagine that I'm holding a pair of boxing gloves in my hands. Could you take these boxing gloves and smash for me, and not my face, please, (laughs) but some kind of communication myth, a bogus strategy, or a misconception, and set the record straight once and for all? Mm. Okay. So when it comes to public speaking, this is, this is, this is something that, oh my God, I'm just going to smash it. So (laughs) a lot of people tend to think that public speaking is just going to make them confident overnight. So they say, I want to become confident. I'm going to do public speaking. I want to become stronger. I'm going to do public speaking, but that is far from the truth. You're talking about performance confidence. So you're going to get better at performing, but when you get off that stage, the confidence that you're really trying to get that internal confidence, that's not what you're going to get from public speaking. So that is one of the biggest misconceptions. I know I've seen, I've taught, I've heard it. It, It's, it doesn't work. Mm -mm. And, and, And so how do we go about then Dealing with that, if that isn't the case, that, you know, we can't gain confidence overnight, what should we be doing instead? You have to look at your, the reason why you're not confident internally. You have to do it from the inside out. So saying that, you know what, Amber, I want to be confident. And so I'm going to just start public speaking, getting on stages. That's going to make me feel better and stronger. You're going to feel better. You're going to feel stronger in your performance, in your delivery for all of your 60 minutes that you're on stage. But what happens when you are off, off stage? That's where you have to go inside of yourself and really ask yourself, where are those emotions coming from? What is really making me not feel confident? And why do I need to look for something external to Uh, validate me or to make me feel like now I'm seen and heard? Because the truth is you're on stage for 60 minutes or so. Most of the time, it's a one-way conversation. You have a little bit of engagement here and there with your audience. But At the end of the day, when you're off that stage and you really want to be confident and show up and use your voice and connect with people or lean into those difficult conversations, you're shrinking. Mm. So it's not working. So Mm. you have to find out really, and coaching is one of the best ways that I know, the fastest ways that I know how to do this, to really just peel apart the things that you are thinking, why you're thinking them, setting those goals to really say, hmm, Let's reflect on Mm. the times where you felt strong. Let's reflect on the times where you felt confident, the confidence that you're really trying to get, you know? Mm. And then from there, you you start to build in, you know, different actions or steps that will help you. And and when you do that, that strengthens your public speaking presence. Mm -hmm. Now you're speaking with a different level of confidence. You have your performance confidence, but then internally you're feeling Mm -hmm. really, really, really good. And Mm -hmm. that shows up in the stories you choose to share, Mm -hmm. how deep you choose to go with your audience, how emotionally connected you can get with them and Mm -hmm. how transformative you can leave them after you finish talking. Mm -hmm. Hey, just... Kaleem is here. Hi, Kaleem. He's always he's always so supportive joining the live. Hi, Kaleem. <laughs> so, okay, you touched upon it, and I wanted I really wanted to ask you this because I know as a youngster I I went through this as well, and I'm sure a lot of other people can resonate with this as well. That um, we we're, we're taught to look for um, 
a validation outside, which you just touched upon. Right? We, we, this is this is the society teaches us our parents, you know, that we we should always be looking for what you know the, that validation from outside. You know, what what so and so thinks about us? Did did they think we do we did well or not? How how if if we have been brought up like this, right? How can we now change that within ourselves? What can we do now to go about changing that? Oh my God, this is such a fabulous question, Amber, because you're right. So as we are conditioned and as we are socialized to perform or look for that external validation, well, the thing is, some people are um, some people don't struggle with that based on what they have been exposed to. Mm. But if you are like the majority of us who have been told that this is what you need to have, go to school, follow this path, everything's going to just work out fine. And then you do that and you realize that that was a lie. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> it was not true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, you're going to have this sort of awakening because what you believe to be true from that conditioning and what you actually experience in life, it doesn't align. So you may naturally find ways to mm-hmm. correct the, the distorted belief that you feel or you were taught in the mm-hmm. past. If, mm-hmm. you, if you don't have that experience, mm-hmm. but you are interested or you're curious about how do I now begin to really find my own voice? How do I begin to actually step into my own power? Mm-hmm. Then you want to make sure that you actually surround yourself with people who are demonstrating this type of way of being that you want to be. You mm-hmm. follow those people. So like when you asked me earlier about the TV show, I don't, want, I don't watch a lot of TV, Amber. And part of that is very intentional because we are conditioned based on what we put in our minds, what we're watching, what we're listening to, um, who we're following. Those are the things, those are the things that really influence how we choose to stand up. So if you are a business owner like Mm -hmm. me, Mm-hmm. And maybe public speaking might be a goal, but everybody around you is not speaking. Mm-hmm. Then how are you going to now begin th- this new way of being? Because mm-hmm. you don't even have people around you that can help you aspire to that goal. Mm-hmm. So think about the people you follow on social media. Mm-hmm. Think about the people that you are, uh, the media that you're consuming, the music that you're watching, and then really, really spend time. I love that, Ronnie. Change your definition of, a, of success. Perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what you have to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ronnie goes on to say, focus on spending time with those who embody who you choose to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, so okay, so that's a good first step you know, to, to, to be surrounded by people um, uh, who you want to be like uh, and, and learn from their, um, from, from, from their experience and, and their behaviors. Kaleem goes community, yeah. So building that community around you, um, which is absolutely paramount. I do believe in the power of that. Just a quick side note here. We are streaming uh, to LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube simultaneously. If for some reason your LinkedIn stream plays up, which it can sometimes, you can join the live um, on my YouTube channel here. I'll quickly share uh, the link, bit.ly forward slash spreading ideas with Amber Khan, uh, just in case... um, LinkedIn breaks up. (laughs) Now let's get back into this fab chat with Monique. Monique, before we go any further, could you share with our viewers and listeners, why do you do what you do? Mm, So Amber, for the longest time, I tried to fit in. Mm. I, I grew up in a home with my mom, my stepdad, and my two brothers. But I didn't actually meet my biological dad until I was eight years old. Surprisingly, that's when I actually started speaking as well, professionally, in front of people, um, live audiences. And so for me, it was a series of um, making sure that I was trying to fit in at home, fit in with my my father's family. Um, when I got married later on, tried to fit in, just, just really trying to find my way and fit into spaces. Mm. And so <clears throat> for me, why I do what I do is in re- reflection. It wasn't until I started actually doing reflection and coaching mm. 
that I realized part of why I have been gifted with this skill of communication. Mm. And that's really because my goal is to help people to connect. Mm. I, I live for connection. My mission is all about connection through effective communication. There were times where there were situations where I wanted to speak up and I didn't speak up mm. or where I did speak up and I got backlash for speaking up. And so this whole aspect of me helping and teaching people to use self-awareness and public speaking to get to clarity faster is mm. something that I live. I live it in my own family and I teach my clients to do the same thing too. So my, my whole thing is at the end of the day, we mm. really just want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be loved. We mm. want to be acknowledged we want to be understood. Yeah. And when you don't have that uh, feeling or those connected feelings, mm. it really creates a, a state of um, unfulfillment mm. or loneliness or misery. And that's what really turns the heat up on when we're looking for that external validation to fill those voids. Right, right, right. right. Very well put. Helping people connect. You know, that, that, that in itself, it, you know, uh, defines um, not only what, what you do, but, but the, the main reason why you're doing it, your story blends so very well uh, with, with what you're doing now. Because um, uh, for a lot of people, I think they struggle with, with, with finding that, um, finding that reason of why do they do what they do. But for, for you, it seems like it's a, it's a natural <laughs> it's a natural meeting of purpose and, and yourself. But you know what, Amber, this is one of the things that I feel. So I, and, and I think this ties a lot into what we're talking about too, because when people say, they come to me and they say, you know, well, what do I even speak about? Or how do I share my story? Or what is it that I should be doing? Mm. You know, I worked with a client recently and we worked for six months this year. And when we first started, the whole goal was being seen on social media, how to craft messaging on social media. But mm. through that whole clarity process, mm. it ended up in such a beautiful place where she was able to extract her mm. true mission and her true goal and story. And mm. it's often connected to the things that we have gone through. So mm. if anybody's listening or watching to think about what is it in your own life that you have gone through that you would never want anybody else to go through? Mm. The answer to that question is going to be directly related to part of the story and your message mm -hmm. that you'll use in your mission as you're delivering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. Yeah, well said. Then whatever we have, I mean, if we have come through uh, better, um, while going through a bad time or going go, going through an experience that um, we now know to deal with better, it you know it, it's time to share and, yes. and help others um, recover from that experience. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Ronnie says, "When I couldn't find these people, I watched them on YouTube videos for years. You don't need them to be in the room to learn from them." Ronnie, you think I met Jack Anfield? No, but I read his book. <laughs> I read his book. I listen to his videos. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be. That's another thing with connection. You yeah. can feel connected and you don't have to be physically present. That's another myth I think people tend to fall into because they're missing the, the aspect of what true connection and communication mm -hmm. skills is all about. I, mm. I have a friend in South Africa, <clears throat> excuse me, mm. we're very connected, but we mm. haven't been physically connected in, in a few years. But yeah. what, what makes us connected, you know? Yeah. yeah. Clinton says that's a powerful message. Indeed it is. Now, before we talk about what works, let's talk about what doesn't work or what mistakes to avoid in a communication so that a brand is seen, heard and understood. Okay. <clears throat> Lots of mistakes. First of all, we talked about one of them, which yeah. is, which is just wanting to build your confidence from the inside out. Yeah. The, the second mistake I see a lot of times is people f uh, forget to think about their audience. They forget to think about, they talk about what they want to share. Oh, Amber, I got so many yeah. good things and ideas I want to share, but yeah. it's not about you. 
Yeah. It's, not, it's not about you. It's about them. So really thinking about your audience, thinking about the the uh, beliefs they have, thinking about where they are in their life, because the stories that you choose to communicate with them, mm. they are going to need to be resonating. So imagine that, you know, we're now coming up to the end of the year, it's holiday season, right? And in, let's just say we were able to get together as one big, you know, family celebration, yeah. Yeah. and you're now responsible for the food, so you're responsible for the food and you have to think about, well, you like to eat steak and, and, and lobster, but guess what? Some of the people that are coming to your house, they're actually allergic. Mm. So you have to think about who's coming, what are they going to eat? What are they going to drink? How are they going to be entertained? You're thinking about your audience in multiple angles. And that's, that's another um, misstep that I see a lot of people often make. They don't really spend the time to think about their audience so that they can make their message more mm. potent and more relevant to them. Mm. Mm. And then um, another a misconception, this is what I tend to see a lot, where mm. you focus so much on your technical know-how, you know, <laughs> so, you, you are an expert, you have a lot of information, and you just put all this information, statistics about this and that, because it's going to yeah. make you look so good and so smart. Right. Yeah. yeah. Big no-no. And actually, I, I talk about... I talk about a lot of this in my speaker's guide. So right. for anybody who's like starting or even who's been in the industry for a while, because mm. I have a, I have a lot of people that actually come to me who've been speaking for a while, but mm. they haven't had that methodology or that structured process to get mm. to clarity faster. So mm. the misstep is really, okay, you have so much knowledge and information, you're giving mm. all of this um, stuff, but you're not connecting to the dimensions of a human being. You're mm. only connecting to the intellect. So maybe you're talking about the statistics or where the industry is headed. Mm. In order to connect with your audience, you have to get multiple dimensions. You have to hit that intellect. You have to hit that emotion. You have to hit their creativity, the imagination. You have to have that will. You know, when you think about people that you've listened to, like Ronnie was talking about on YouTube, or, you know, you've watched or listened to and you feel inspired, it's mm. one thing to feel good. Mm. But it's another thing to to have that feeling of of feeling good, but also feeling empowered to do something, to take mm. action. So mm. it's it's a misstep that I think there's so many different moving parts to this. Mm. It's like your intention for speaking, your messaging, packaging your messaging, your storytelling. Then you get to your delivery portion. Then you mm. get to actually monetizing your message. There's many different aspects, but people tend to start right at the delivery portion. Right. Okay. How do I get on stage? How do yeah. I how how do I look like I know what I'm talking about? Number mm -hmm. one. How do mm -hmm. I how do I get people to respond in an engaging way? Um yeah. they, they get straight to the delivery and the tactics, yeah. but they miss all of the pre-front um portion, which is really what's gonna make your your message more effective. So I think those are about three common missteps that I see. There's a whole lot more, Amber, because <laughs> in each segment, in yeah. each segment, there are multiple steps, but um, the methodology that I use with my clients and people that I work with is is time-tested and proven. I've, I've been doing this for a long time, and I see where a lot of um, speaker coaches miss this misstep because they focus also on the delivery. You know, you yeah. can go to Toastmasters, you can go to a lot of these places where you talk about maybe your body language on the stage or how to look mm. or how to position yourself or even your tone of voice. If I'm talking very loudly, Amber, mm -hmm. and I'm using a very engaging um, tone, or mm. if I have something very, very, very important and I mm. bring my tone down, a lot of people tend to focus on delivery, but before, mm. before you can even get to delivery, you have to make sure that your message is relevant for your audience and it hits multiple dimensions of self. 
Yeah, absolutely. Ronnie goes, it's not about you. Audit your posts on social and see how many times you you use the word I in them. Your audience, not you. But I was thinking, you know, doesn't it come down to values? Because we've been taught those values from from a young age, majority of of us, you know, that you you look after others, you think of others first. You know, if somebody else is hungry, you you share your food with them, let them eat first. You know, I think majority of us are brought up with those values. But what happens as we grow up? Why do we why do we forget about that when it comes to work or business relationships? What happens? So we have the socialization. We're selfish creatures, Amber. We always think about what's in it for us. And naturally so. That's not a good thing or bad thing. That's just who we are. We're going to think about what's in it for us. And we definitely have those aspects of kindness, you know, um, that we're taught or we, we feel like, you know, these are the things that make us human. This is what we should do and how we should show up. But yeah. the social conditioning and putting putting ourselves into those boxes and those labels make it really difficult, mm. uh, really difficult for people to break out of or stand mm. out of. And so we're we're constantly looking at us and and people around us as mirrors. Mm. Like, how am I coming across? How am I actually showing up? So we're looking for that constantly, mm. and you know in order to in order to find our true value like a lot of people don't know their true value i mean they they don't they don't feel like they have anything of value to say or contribute mm-hmm. um and so that's why we see a lot of these externals and mm-hmm. and i i made a post the other day where i was talking about you know um the top the top 30 and top 40 awards. And, mm. and it, it dawned on me that, you know, we don't really see top 50 and top 60 under 60 mm. awards. And that in itself is a subconscious societal view that, mm. all right, you over 40, you don't need to be on no award list. Yes. So there's so many aspects of our society that um, support the notion of not um, not being yourself or not being true, authentic or leaning into the values that we know that make us human. Mm-hmm. So I think that, again, yeah, just really being intentional, being intentional about mm-hmm. stepping outside of those conditions is what will help you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th- this is what I see and how I see it, that you, as we grow up, the, the society and the culture that we are part of, you know, it, it tends to box up all of us. Everybody is put in, in, in a certain box. And we just think that th- this this is it. This is the box we belong to, you know, and, and whatever that may be for, you know, some extroverts, introverts. And, and like you said, you know, under 30s, over 40s. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to uh, get out of it. Like, like you said, it takes internal work. It takes that intention. You have to make that intention of going about that change, bringing that change on. Um, uh, it's, it cannot happen just because somebody says so, right? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Not <laughs> at all. When, I think it's like you, you're going to be driven to it by pain or gain. So you're going to get to a point where like, you know what, I'm tired of this. There has to be a better way. I've been trying to do the same thing over and over and I'm not getting much results. I should have be further where I, than I am right now. And that's going to motivate you to do something different. Or you may be inspired by someone and you'd like, oh, I see what they're doing over here this is intriguing and it's compelling enough for me to Mm. to now do something to take action Mm. Mm. so let's say let's say we move on to the next step let's say we are now compelled enough to take action we maybe have our values right how do we go about figuring out what is our message Mm, that is the sweetest sweetest juice everything's inside of you so i wish i could give you the answer in a nice bite-sized clip uh not not gonna happen amber (laughs) Not gonna happen. And so it requires, think about it. You've Mm. been conditioned all this time and Mm. these are ideals and you're struggling. You're in this box and you're trying to find your way and you're really trying to see what is my message? What am I good at? What is my core? But you may not even be in an environment that can support that and you wanna do that on your own. Les Mm. Brown says, we can't see the picture from inside the frame. And I totally, totally agree. So Mm. 
beginning to identify that message requires you to sit down. Now, if you're a good self-learner, you mm-hmm. can get resources. You can get you know resources that will help you sort of self-coach. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I really focused on in my uh, speaker's guide. If you're If you're intentional and you can sit down and do it, don't even waste your time if you're not. You just get somebody live in person to help you facilitate your thinking, to help you extract those things. Because the truth is, when we bring out our stories or when we bring out what we think it is, initially, it's the rational piece that's coming up. It's not that deep tissue creative aspect. Um, But fortunately... I will say like, you know, now where where we're headed because of COVID, because of the digitalization of everything that has transpired, um, we're looking now at different skills that Mm -hmm. really focus on bringing up that deep tissue, bringing up that creativity, bringing Mm -hmm. up that emotional intelligence to the surface. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that when you when you have the opportunity to have someone help to facilitate that thinking process and mm. help you to extract your message, mm. then you will feel more powerful in doing so, but not from a place where it's like, this is what you should do. Because I, mm. I did that when I talked um, taught at the university level mm. for over seven years, I taught public speaking into interpersonal intro intrapersonal communications before I moved into being a subject matter expert for the university. When, when I taught that, that was really just teaching. That's, that's that, okay, we're doing your informative speech, your descriptive speech, your persuasive speech. It's very, very uh, linear as in I'm telling you what to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also brought in my uni aspect of coaching in that process Mm -hmm. when I taught but you don't, that's not what I'm talking about. When you're looking for your message, you're looking to be able to actually have a bit of the teaching and a bit of the coaching, a bit of the teaching and a bit of the coaching. Because mm. if I tell you, Amber, mm. your message is to go and take people's videos and repurpose them. And you mm. say, okay, Monique, but I gave it to you so you don't have ownership of it. But mm. if I ask you, Amber, why are you so passionate about this? Tell me a little bit more about this. What are what are what did you struggle with? What were some of your frustrations? You'll begin to now become more invested in the process. And mm. then it sustains you. You know, it sustains you as opposed to me just saying, hey, this is what mm. I think you should do. Yeah, absolutely. And and I believe, let's see, I think Ronnie shared something else. Uh box compounds into beliefs throughout our lives. And the change becomes harder, but the intentional change is necessary to grow. Yeah, absolutely. The change. I mean, the, this is the thing about change. I believe, because um, you know, I'm sure all of us come across different pe- uh, people in our lives who may be going through something, and some are willing to make a change, and others others want the change, but they do not have the drive, the intention to make that change. So it's never going to happen because us can. We cannot help them out from outside if they do not want them want it to happen for themselves, right? You have to have the right intention for that to happen in their lives. This this is, I mean, a lot of people miss out on that. So, which brings me to the next question, I guess. Because we are going through, as you know, this year has been, uh, <laughs> it, it's been difficult for a lot of people. Um, and so let's say for people who are at crossroads, because maybe they have either lost their jobs or maybe pandemic made them realize, you know what, shit, I I don't, whatever I was doing, that wasn't for me, right? And maybe I'm meant to do something else, right? What, maybe this is a conversation they're having in their head, right? What, What should be their next step? Well, okay, so you mean in terms of um, shifting into something new? Yeah, like to help them, yeah. To, to help them navigate the, the, their next steps um, when it comes to, you know, their brand or finding their voice. Absolutely. All right. So the World Economic Forum tends to put out these critical skills, top 10 critical skills every five years or so. Um, and I've, I've been following it for a very long time. I've used it. I've taught on it in, in my emotional intelligence um, mm-hmm. courses. And so the skills that I noticed that have changed from um, 2020 to now 2025, those skills, there are some aspects that have not been on the uh, 2010, 20, 2020 list. What right. I saw that was no uh, different 
uh, leadership and social influence as a skill. I've never seen that on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if someone is now thinking, and also there's creativity, well, creativity has been there. Complex Mm -hmm. problem solving has been there. So Mm -hmm. if someone is now looking to shift from uh, into a new area, I would encourage them first to look at those list of skills, mm-hmm. the 2025 World Economic List of Skills. And I would encourage them to begin to identify in their own history, what are the problems that are, are existing? What, what are the problems that are coming up? And, and what have I done in the past that can align to those problems? Mm-hmm. I will tell you, if you've been in an industry for 20 plus years or more and you're mm-hmm. taking this exercise on your own, it's going to be difficult because mm-hmm. after two to two to five years, that's that that curve, right? The, the learning curve, two to five years, you're sort of set and you don't really know what it's like on the outside. So connect with people that are in the industries that brought you joy. Also tap into, into the other aspects of yourself. Mm. So what did you, what did you enjoy in the past? Mm. You know, when I, when I was trying to fit in when I was younger and when I lost my confidence after I had my second child, which was overnight, not a slow cooker. It was like, it was not overnight. It was a slow cooker uh, process Mm. there. I knew that I was not as confident as I was because the things that I used to enjoy the things that I used to love doing, even though I was still getting results in everything that I did, Mm. I wasn't doing, I wasn't having a lot of fun. Right. And so uh, the question I would give anyone who's now at a point where it's like, you're so welcome, Samir, uh, who's, who's now at a point where it's like, okay, my world has been turned upside down. The first thing I want you to know is that everything has been turned upside down. So don't feel alone. That's the Mm. first thing. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to look at the skills that are um, predicted or slated as required and necessary for the future. Look at those trends. Look at those reports. Mm -hmm. The third thing I want you to do is I want you to look at where, where, what, where did I have fun in the past? What lights me up? What brings me joy? Because that whole um, cycle of rat race, busy, buzzy, hustle till you drop, work 80 hours. That's old news. That's out of style. Nobody, nobody got time for that. That's old. Get off that hamster wheel. Build in fun. Build in relaxation. Build in resilience. Resilience is actually on that list. Mm. So you know that because you are, you've been thrust into this change right now, mm. um, you're not your change. It's just what it is right now. You know, mm. it's just it's just where you are right now. But you can take these, at least these initial three critical steps and ask yourself, how can I be a problem solver? Because people love to have problem solvers around them and yeah. on their team. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Samir goes, I think critical thinking, compassion, communication, creativity and collaboration is important. I think they're all on the list. Did you go no. look at the list, Samir? <laughs> so you, you, you already got your fingers typing. Yeah. You, you, were, you, you were really empowered to take some action. <laughs> hey, Paul. Paul goes, oh, I love Paul. Great point on a side note. We are all born with creativity. It is like a muscle. You can learn to be creative. Yes, absolutely, Paul. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have that childlike wonder and that childlike curiosity. But somewhere yeah. along the line, we, we, we forgot it. Yeah, back into that. Have back into that. Yeah. And, and I think and that's why we need coaches in our lives, you know, because we often fall off that we it's it's not like you said, and I totally agree that it's not easy to do this on on your own. Maybe some some of us can, but but for majority of us, um, we need somebody to, you know, to hold our hands and, and guide us through this this process because it's not going to be easy uh, figuring it out all uh, of this on our own while we're going through shit in our lives, right? Exactly. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> Paul goes, love problem solvers, love unicorns as well. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Paul. All right. Okay, Marie, as you know, this particular series we are delivering is called Impact 2.0. Could you share with our viewers and listeners maybe a story, a moment, or an encounter that had a profound impact and changed the course of your life? Hmm. Okay, so... 
something that changed the course of my life, I will tell you this, and it, it actually ties into what we're talking about, the creativity piece. Mm. So I think this was in 2008, 2007, 2008, I had relocated from California here back here to Georgia. And I was out with my mom and we went to this bookstore and right on the side of the bookstore, there was a lady, two ladies who were um, hosting a workshop, um, Donna Satchel and Linda Shorter. They were founders. They are founders of a women's organization called Watts, Women Aspiring Together to Succeed. And so I peeked my eye in there and I went in and, you know, they kind of pulled me in. And, and then the next year, the top of the next year, um, they've had this annual vision board party. Mm -hmm. Now I've always been a goal setter. Mm -hmm. I've been conditioned to be seen, to be heard. I was speaking since I was eight. I was a school Senator. I was on national debates. This is not anything new for me in terms of setting goals, but I had never set goals this way. I'd never set goals using a vision board. And that's when I was first introduced to this whole aspect. And then there were things that I realized this whole vision board wasn't just about that checkbox list, you Mm. know, those external things. These Mm. were things that I had put on my board. I think this was when I I put, um, wanted to grow my locks. (laughs) For the longest time, I would look at people who had their locks and I'd be like, oh my God, I want to do that. You know? And and then um, I put it on my board and three months later, I started my journey and obviously you see this here. And then I had like different travel aspects on there. I had different things that that were inside of myself. So that creative uh, portion to Paul's point, you know, we're born with it, but then what can we do to help tap back to it? Or how can we now um, find a a strategy or a solution as adults Mm. to say, okay, how do we tap back into this? So that vision board for me was so monumental Mm. Almost all of the things on that board were completed. So I began that practice. I started teaching it to children. I started teaching it to stakeholders, you know, in different organizations. And it's a very strong component in my practice as I'm coaching, like imagination, tapping Mm. into visualization and creativity. So that for me was a monumental shift because if I can see it, I can feel it and I can put it into pictures, not even words. Sometimes you can use words, but if you just put it into pictures, that's another way that you are communicating with yourself. Mm. So that literally, literally changed um, everything for me. It was a big shift for me. Yeah. Yeah, it, Paul goes, I love Stacey Abrams. Go in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I totally agree with you about the, the vision board. I'd never done it visually. I saw my youngest sister. I saw her vision boards. They were on her fridge, on her walls. And, you know, when we would uh, speak on Zoom, because she's in Australia. Uh, and her, she doodles. So her vision boards is all doodles. And I was like, oh, my God. It tells a story. It works for her. She, you know. Yeah. You can see her entire next year vision in doodle form. So whatever works for you, if if words work for you, go for it. If, you know, uh, images work for you, go for that or doodles. (laughs) Exactly. That's a good thing. That's a great point. What works for you, you know? Yeah, yeah, because we all all uh, consume information in a a different way. Um, So, yeah, whatever works for you, but have that vision board. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely tap into it. Yeah. What, what's, uh, what, is Paul saying something? Oh, he goes awesome now. Alrighty. Now, dear folks, I'd love to know if you are doing lives such as these, or maybe you do webinars or you, you have podcasts. How are you making sure that your labor of love content reaches the right people at the right time and in the right format? Stats prove that majority of some very awesome content created by businesses sits in the dark and lonely pits of the interwebs with no eyeballs to consume it after the initial social media posts. Now, here's my request. Please don't let your content die when a social post does. 
Instead, repurpose your content to squeeze every drop of flavorsome content juice from it. And this is precisely why you will notice um, if you have subscribed to our uh, YouTube channel, for which I will share uh, the quick link here, it's bit.ly forward slash spreading ideas with Amber Khan, um, that we repurpose these lives and our podcast interviews into bite-sized takeaway clips, which we then share on all social platforms and emails over a long period of time, not just once like yesterday or today, or when this life is over, we'll forget all about it, um, but for weeks and months to come. And if you need any help with that, you can always reach out to us um, at repurposeden.com, help at repurposeden.com. Alrighty, now, Monique, it is now that time of the interview for us. And you may be thinking, what, is it gossip time or share the fun pickup lines time or tell an embarrassing joke time? Unfortunately, <laughs> we are not that type of a show yet. Well, not yet anyway. But what it is time for is... <laughs> It's the 48-hour challenge time. This is where I ask you to share what is that one thing that our viewers and listeners can implement in the next 48 hours that doesn't cost an arm and a leg or requires a large team to execute it? So in the next 48 hours, I would challenge you to get the speaker's guide. If okay. you are looking to build your brand it is going to walk you through your intention. It is going to walk you through your messaging, your audience analysis, storytelling techniques, and prompt strategies. It's really a no-brainer. It's it's it doesn't break the bank. It doesn't even require a team. Yeah. Um, but I would require I would challenge you to sit down for yeah. at least ninety minutes. Okay, and focus on identifying your speaking intention mm -hmm. and. Um, clarifying with depth and certainty who your audience is. Awesome, awesome. And and can they find that on your website here, clearcommunicationsolutions.com? Um, no, I can send it to you though, yeah. Amber. If you can share the link with me, I can share. I oh, just yeah. dropped to you. Okay. Let me put it on the screen for everybody here. Let's see. All right, here's the link for it's a it's a free download. It's a, of of a speaking guide, right? No, it's not a free download. It's only forty seven dollars. You you can be challenged to take that information and actually walk through your entire process. Have a speaking methodology. A self-awareness yeah. methodology. I mean, really, it's it's a no-brainer. Okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And anywhere else where people would like to follow you, where can they find you? What's the best place? Right here on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. I'm here yeah. multiple times per week. So just go ahead and connect. Send me a message. Let me know that you heard and enjoyed this show. And we can continue our conversation. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, for all of those watching us live today, I heart you, I really do. These lives wouldn't be fun without your support. Um, so thank you, thank you so much for showing up and, and your support. And thank you, Moni, for joining me um, and, and, and sharing your genius and your fabulous self with us today. You are so welcome, Amber. I appreciate it. And thank you for the invitation. This was really fun. It was really fun. Toodaloo for now. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.